Welcome to the Chronically Living and How to Make the Most of It podcast. I'm Kelsey Harris, a chronic pain warrior, here to inspire hope and strength to the Spoonie community. Get ready to lift each other up and find ways to live the best life possible. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. I have an amazing episode for you this week. I have the first part of an interview with Dr. Steph Boimier, an amazing chiropractor who's gonna tell you all about, in this episode, the essentials of health, and next week, why you need a chiropractor. Stay tuned. All right, welcome to Chronically Living and How to Make the Most of It. I am very excited about my guest this week, Dr. Stephan Boimier. He's a, a longtime friend of mine. I've actually known him for about, uh, I think, eight years now. We met in Los Angeles. Uh, he was my roommate for a little bit, and uh, he's a doctor of chiropractic. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Steph. Thank you for having me. I'm honored. Oh, no problem. Um, so let's talk about your um, career path. So you've had a quite a journey. Um, can you tell us how you became a, a, a chiropractor? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, definitely not your average uh, career path, um, uh, uh, for sure, because um, one, uh, I, I come from uh, one of the largest family of chiropractors in the world. So there's, uh, there's, over, there's well over 40 doctors of chiropractic in my immediate family. Wow. And um, so it, you, you could say that I was born into it, quite literally. And um, <laughs> Uh, my father was a chiropractor, and uh, most of my uncles and, and uh, my aunts, and then now uh, like several of my cousins have followed suit in their parents' um, career paths and have become chiropractors themselves. And so I'm a second generation chiropractor, and um, um, yeah, so I'm <laughs> number 46, number 46 <laughs> in my family, and um, it was a long journey. Um, when when we met, uh, you, like you had said, we we met in Los Angeles. Um, I had kind of put my career path on hold at that point. I had, by that point, I had received a, um, a bachelor's of science degree mm-hmm. from the University of Manitoba in microbiology, mainly is what was my interest, studying uh, the microbial world, so bacteria, viruses, fungus. I was very busy in the labs doing all kinds of. Uh, studies in that world and a little bit of chemistry and and um and physics you know and math put in for good measure to round out the bachelor's degree (laughs) and um at the end of it um i just i just didn't want to continue with another four years of intensive uh studying without going and um trying a few different things um you know, before I became a doctor, I, I knew that once, once I became a doctor and um, I had, you know, patients in front of me that were suffering, uh, I wasn't going to go and, you know, spend half my time doing something else that I was itching to do. And that, so I, I kind of put everything on pause and um, you, you knew me as uh, Steph, the actor, yes. um, you know, and the performer. And so after four years of undergrad, um, I, I just put that on hold temporarily. I knew I would go back, but I, I put that on hold and I moved out West, moved to Vancouver, Canada first. And I enrolled in a, um, a professional acting school, the, the Vancouver Academy of Dramatic Arts, which is a phenomenal you know, school to go to if you're a, you know, a young Canadian actor looking to gain some, some excellent, excellent um, 
you know, skills in, in, in that field. Um, so I went there and I, I studied for a couple of years and I did, you know, did the whole, I got an agent and I did a whole bunch of musical theater and I did a whole bunch of regular theater and commercial auditions and student films. And then I, I the, the opportunity came up to move to Los Angeles and I uh, continued studying in classes down there. And that's where we met. You, mm-hmm. you came down or, you know, I remember you were exercising that side of yourself as well down there and, um, you know, going off and taking classes and, performing arts and screenwriting and I you know so uh after uh I was almost five years in Los Angeles um I decided to go back to school and it was never it was never a a matter of you know if I was going to go back and become a a doctor of chiropractic it was just a matter of when I, I already knew that from the time I was a teenager um, I had seen the transformations in some of my my father's you know patient his clinic his patients I'd seen you know, and heard about these amazing transformations in people's health. Of course, my family members, every family reunion, all, all we talked about was health and healing and vitality and, and everyone, you know, being a chiropractor, that's just all we ever were taught was the amazing, amazing uh, potential of the human body to heal. If you basically just like get out of its way, it's designed to heal. And so that's what we were taught, you know, from day one. And about five years into uh, my time in Los Angeles, um, and about this is about eleven years now, eleven years into my acting career, mm-hmm. um, I had just—I I guess you could say—I'd had enough. Right. Um, I wanted a change. Uh, I wanted to maybe not struggle with paying the rent every <laughs> month. It's fair. You know. <laughs> I, I remember one time there was there was literally a few months where there was uh, rationing of food that was, oh, man. That was happening. Um, luckily, you came down and 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 became my roommate. That that kind of helped uh, divide the, some of the rent for sure. Um, so that was definitely appreciative, uh, you know, on top of the friendship that was developed. But um, yeah, it was just time. I was I was in my. Um, I was approaching my mid thirties and um, you know, when you're 34 years old and you're like some months quite literally starving, mm-hmm. um, you know, you kind of, you start thinking and dreaming about, uh, you know, uh, a different type of life. And right. given, given that I, I knew I was going to go back into, you know, and become a chiropractor at, a chiropractor at some point, I just decided, okay, well now, now's the time I, I always told myself when I, you know, if ever you wake up and you're not having fun doing what you're, you're doing anymore, it's time for a change. And that's great advice. Yeah. Like go after your dreams, go hard, do what you're passionate about. You know, you'll enjoy your life regardless of what you're going through in your life. You'll, you'll, you'll enjoy waking up in the morning regardless um, if you're doing something you're passionate about. And uh, if ever it comes a time where you wake up and that thing is, it's that fire is just no longer burning. Well, it's time to reevaluate. And uh, otherwise, otherwise, well, you know, the depression will start to set in the anxiety, the, you know, the fear, the um, just like the, the resentment, you know, the, and relationships start to suffer. And mm-hmm. if you're not enjoying your life, um, which, which that, that's a big part of, of being healthy, you know, yeah, like, totally. you know, you and I have talked about, you know, stress and how that affects, you know, one's yeah. health and the expression of symptoms. And, you know, I, I certainly, I, I can't say that, uh, you know, I was super happy and joyful 
uh, near the end of that, you know, 11 years. Um, certainly I did a lot of fun things and I would never, ever take it back. Um, who knows? I might go back to acting one day, you know, after I retire. Yeah. Hey, why not? Um, you know, but it, I, I can honestly say like my health, my mental health um, in those last couple of years was definitely suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, my self-esteem and all of that, you know, so the best move, um, not only for my, for my outlook on life and my mental state and my health physically, which was starting to, you know, suffer because of that. Um, and I, I had always been extremely healthy my whole life, you know, mm-hmm. growing up in a chiropractic family that all we did was talk about health, you know, taking that downturn was, was shocking to me. So when I made the decision, it was like a huge, huge weight was taken off and uh, I decided to go to school and finish four more years of, um, you know, of training and got my doctorate degree and um, practiced a little bit in the state of Florida for some additional post-grad training Nice. Um, for about a year of post-grad training and education down there at a a couple different clinics, which um, really, really uh, taught me a lot about um, advanced spinal correction techniques, if you will, non-surgical advanced spinal correction. We saw some really tough cases down there. Um, I got to work with some extremely ex- uh, um, ex- experienced uh, doctors that uh, had seen it all and done it all, if you will. And um, so in a very short amount of time, I got um, more experience than most chiropractors get in their in their first five years of practice. Nice. So I took that experience and um, here I am now in Michigan. I'm working out of a, just a, the absolute best possible clinic that I ever could have landed in and been hired. I, was, I feel so blessed to have been hired by these wonderful people here that took me under their wing and um, uh, gave, you know, gave me a job. You know, and right away out the gate, I was seeing a lot of patients and the clinical experience I developed, and the amount of different cases that you know came came or that you know come through these doors here at one of the one of the busiest health clinics in all of West Michigan. Wow. And um, so we're a team of four doctors here um, at Rivertown Family Chiropractic. Uh, it's within a larger network of doctors um, called Max Living. Okay. So I belong to um, the Max Living, I guess, group of doctors, if you will. It's a, it's a group of like-minded, uh, you know, doctors that, um, uh, for the most part, have have additional training in advanced spinal correction. We look at, we look at each case a little differently than 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 your average chiropractor, I would say, which is why, which is also why we get, you know. Better results than your average chiropractor because we we apply uh, what we call are the five essentials of human health to every case. Um, we recognize that um, the body is self healing and self regulating, um, and you have that ability from the time you're born to the time you die. You die. You you always have that that innate intelligence that's within your body that that guides all healing uh, and what needs to happen when you, when you, you know, you come across a, a sick person is, is um, you have to figure out what's interfering with that normal function, that, mm. that innate ability for the body to, to heal. Um, health is the natural state of the body. Mm-hmm. 
disease is not the natural state of it. Something is interfering with normal function and normal healing abilities. And so that's where the five essential system differentiates us from, you know, 95% of the clinics out there is that those are the five key areas uh, that cause the greatest amount of interference to normal function and healing. So we apply the five essentials system to every patient and guess what? They get amazing health transformations. Very cool. So I'm curious, what are the five essentials? Yeah, great question. I'm glad you asked. Um, you know, given that I'm a, I'm a chiropractor and uh, that as doctors of chiropractic, we start by looking at the function of the spine as it affects the nervous system. Um, you know, as, as you know, the, the brain and the nervous system control absolutely everything in the body. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, can't, you can't live for one split second without nerve supply going <laughs> To, to different tissues, it immediately starts to die. You know, if I cut the spinal cord, what happens? You, you know, uh, you're paralyzed. If I yeah. cut the nerve, you know, going to the lungs, they stop breathing immediately. That you 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 die if you have mm. you don't have nerve supply. It controls all other systems. It's the master control system. But the only way it works is if it if the brain up here can send a signal down the spinal cord and out through the spinal nerves to every single cell, tissue, and organ in your body to tell them what to do. And vice versa, the body communicates up with the spine in this feedback loop, but it can only happen at 100% if there's no interference. So that's how we start is we, we, uh, you know, we look at you and, and, and we say you, your nervous system controls everything. It needs to function at 100%. So that's the first place we look. What protects the nervous system and allows it to function at 100%? Well, that's where the spine comes in. And that's the only reason a doctor of chiropractic is interested in the spine, works with the spine. It has actually nothing to do with pain. Chiropractic was never developed as a method to treat pain. It has everything to do with looking for the dysfunction in the spinal column, which, whose job or which job is uh, to, to protect the, the delicate neural tissue that lives inside of it. So we look at it as one unit, not, not two separate things. It's one neurospinal organ. It's, it's improper to think as the spine as separate from the brain and nervous system. They're, right. they're, they have an intimate relationship. So essential number one, if you want to be healthy, if you, if you expect to um, be free of pain, free of disease throughout your life, you had better start with the master control system that controls everything else. So essential number one have a healthy spine and nervous system because if you have spinal dysfunction if you have what we call subluxation so a misalignment of the of the spine Mm -hmm. that impinges on the on the nervous system on the spinal cord itself or the nerve roots um well wherever those nerves go you're going to have tissues on the other end that are not getting the proper signaling from the brain and vice versa and back up that feedback loop, if you will. We describe it sometimes as a safety pin, you know, and the safety pin being open and disconnected um, if you have any type of uh, spinal misalignments or dysfunction. So essential number one rules over all other ones. When we uh, take a look at a case history, we gotta make sure that that at the very least is functioning to its best capabilities. And then the other ones, there are so many other things nowadays that cause interference to normal function and cause disease to build in the body. And so we go down the line of what those are, essential 
number two. You you got to have pure and simple nutrition entering your body. You can't you can't you can't just toxify it with processed foods and damaged damaged fats and oils. As delicious as all those things are, <laughs> you know, like I, I I know you to be quite the foodie, um, yeah. you know, as am I. Uh, me and my fiance right now we're making our way through. Um, uh, this amazing series called Chef's Table. I'm sure. I'm sure you. Uh, yes. I'm sure you're. Yeah, I'm sure you're a huge fan. Yep. Knowing you, like, there's no way you would have missed an episode. Uh, and so, one of the goals in life is to, um, you know, like, like hit up a lot of those restaurants and those yeah. chefs that are featured on that show because we just love food. You know. However, as humans, we're, you know, we've done a quite a poor job of, you know you know, eating the right types of foods on a regular enough basis that um, our cells can function normally. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, so we teach pure and simple nutrition. Right. Um, and we have, we put people on certain plans, you know, and some plans are much more aggressive, right. you know, uh, and they're geared for the reversal of chronic disease. Mm-hmm. Um and it's not always an easy thing to adopt right away if you've got 40 years of, you know, eating processed carbs full of sugar and bad fats, mm-hmm. and you're so nutrient deprived, you know, it, it's, not, it's not always an easy thing for people to adopt, but it's a necessary thing if you ever expect to function normally and have the ability to heal, right? right? So that's essential number two. Essential number three, you, you have to... Uh, move your body. You you have to, you you can't you can't live a sedentary life and sit all day and look down at your phone and, and have rounded shoulders and, mm-hmm. um, you know, not get enough oxygen to all your tissues. So you, there's a certain way that we teach our patients to move their bodies, to exercise, to maximize oxygen to all of those tissues that are so starved for most people. Yeah, for right, sure. right. It, it, if you have all the, those other essentials and you know, you're missing one or the other, you're still, you're still going to struggle with your health. You're still going to be p- missing a big piece of the puzzle. Essential number four is, is, is mindset and, and emotional and psychological stress, nice. yeah. which boy, uh, like it, have you like, you know, you're, you're, you're fi- finishing up your, your master's in, in counseling. Yeah. You must, you surely must have come across some recent statistics of what's happening in the world today with all of this fear about COVID, um, despite how the statistics that keep coming out continuously tell us um, how we actually don't have to fear this thing at all. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, like we we, we first thought back in March and April uh, when there were so many unknowns uh, throughout that whole, you know, several months of the world being locked down and the fear being propagated every single minute of every day on the news, um, you know, th- there's, there's an incredible spike, you know, by hundreds of percentages, like higher than in normal times in things like suicide and depression yeah. and anxi- anxiety medications being prescribed, like toxic, toxic things that yeah. hijack your brain, hijack your body. Um, it, those are through the roof right now, right? So you, you can't be healthy in that state. You can't be healthy if you've got uh, brain-altering chemicals overriding your normal chemistry and your normal 
um, you know, healthy healing mechanisms, if you will, uh, hormone production. You, you, you can't be healthy if that's being hijacked chemically from an outside source like, you know, uh, um, a, 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 an antidepressant or an anti-anxiety medication mm -hmm. or combinations, etc. right? So uh, essential number four that we guide our patients through um, is to, you know, safely um, either uh, wean off of those types of drugs. And we do it in, in, in coordination with their prescribing doctor right, okay. as well. And um, we, but we, we certainly, we teach and we talk and we preach about the importance of mindset and reduction of stress in your life. Totally. You know, that's, that's a great point. And I mentioned in a, a previous episode, actually, that, you know, antidepressants are actually no better than a placebo. They work Correct. exactly. This. So you can just take a sugar pill, guys. It's going to do the same thing if you believe it's going to work. And it's actually more effective to go to a therapist at that point. Um, and yeah, definitely work with like a chiropractic team as well. And just, you know, 100% mindset is so important. And I volunteer at a um, crisis text line as well. And definitely in the last, you know, six months, they had to bring on so many more volunteers because the when I back in like March, April, I would be sitting there and it's, um, you know, on my computer texting these people and the, the queue would be hot the whole time. Um, and then, you know, obviously it's less now cause it's more volunteers and, and it's been some time, but you know, obviously the huge, huge amount of, of stress and anxiety, um, and depression and things that weren't, um, as prevalent, we're still prevalent, but not as prevalent before definitely now. So I think that's a great point you brought up and yeah, so it's like so we so we teach on mindset, right? It's mm -hmm. not like I have um, you know a treatment or an adjustment or a segment of the spine that you know all of a sudden you're you know you're not depressed anymore. It's right. It, it doesn't really work like that. Um, and we'll get into more about how, like how chiropractic works to help people a little later, um, if you want to. But um, so it's it's more something that you know we teach that. It, it is an essential. If you want to be healthy, this mm -hmm. is an area that you have to clean up in your life. You have like go go to a counselor, yeah. um, like safely. You know, like you know, let, let's let's have a plan between you, your medical doctor, your counselor, your yeah. you know, um, to to reduce the amount of emotional stress, psychological stress. Because if you don't get this under control, you can never be healthy. Essentially, right? Um, cool. Uh, cool thing about the adjustment though as it relates to mental health um it, it's not that there's a kind of like a mental health adjustment but mm -hmm. um there's some really really cool research that has been coming out in the last few years in neuroscience labs around the world um that show very clearly that uh after you receive a chiropractic adjustment it has a, a neuroplastic effect on the brain. Cool. So we all know that the brain is, neuro, we've all heard this term neuroplasticity, meaning your brain is essentially um, moldable, can, can learn new things, create new neurological pathways, mm -hmm. healthier neurological pathways that can always be, be, um, uh, be achieved with, with, with the right um, approach. Right. You know whether that's a behavioral approach or a, you know uh, you know um, you know a, a, a gaining more physical health uh, uh, alongside of that, and it's just so there's all types of therapies that you know for self improvement and and cognitive improvement, and uh, so we, we know through years and years of, of those types of research that the, the the brain is neuroplastic. What we didn't know 
until now is that one of the reasons why a chiropractic adjustment has such a, a deep and profound impact on the physical health and sometimes the mental health of the person, it's not just that less pain equals more happiness, like obviously that, you know, that has a big impact on the mental health, but it, it's the direct neuroplastic response of receiving a spinal adjustment. Hmm. Again, it's that intimate relationship between the spine itself and the central nervous system, which are so intimately connected, you can't separate them. Right. So you, you take a, a brain scan of somebody receiving a, um, a chiropractic adjustment, and it's phenomenal to see which centers light up on fire. It's, we're talking like the prefrontal cortex, which has everything to do with decision, better decision-making and mood. Um, so you're, you're directly altering and improving those areas of the brain that's, that are necessary. So in order to set the stage better for you to have uh, improvements in mental health, in psychological health, um, absolutely get a chiropractic adjustment on a regular basis because of the profound effect on the brain. That's you know, cool. something we started saying just a couple of years ago as this research is coming out, which is explaining why people heal to begin with, the brain is in control of everything, including your immune system, mm -hmm. including your gut, including your heart, including the muscles in your pinky toe. <laughs> this, the, you know, the brain is in charge of it. And so when you give somebody a chiropractic adjustment, it really is. It's all about what's happening to the brain. That's why people heal. It has nothing to do with, you know, the, the the joint itself it's mm -hmm. it's the way that joint when put back into better alignment and freeing up the you know the biomechanics and restoring the normal biomechanics it has everything to do with how that affects the neurology which is firing back up to the brain in a in, in a um in a healthier way so the, the there's there's bad firing patterns that happen when the spine is out of alignment and that affects the brain. The brain is essentially a giant receptor, which is waiting to hear from your body. What's going on down there. The mm -hmm. only way it hears and can see different parts of the body is through movement of the spine. Okay. We know from decades ago through research that the spine acts as a motor for the brain. And without proper uh, spinal motion, without proper spinal alignment, the brain suffers tremendously. So mindset, but also that physical component of mm -hmm. setting the stage for uh, having an easier time, um, you know, with the neurology up there is to have a, a healthy spine. So it, it, all, it, it all works together. Totally one, effect, one, one affects the other, right? So. Yeah, mindset's so important. And just, it's just the act of reducing stress has a monstrous a, a positive impact on your physical health. For sure. You know, it totally independent of, of what the spine uh, and its condition is, um, simply reducing stress. Oh, that's so cool. Right? Uh, essential, where are we at here? Essential, oh, essential number, five. Essential five. Right. The, 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 the big fifth essential that you can't skip over if you expect to be healthy as a human being and which we we uh, teach a lot about, um, especially in this modern world, is minimizing toxicity uh, mm. to your body. Uh, you can do all of the other things. And, um, you know, if you're still just, 
you haven't respected the natural order of things and you're still pounding back McDonald's every day, you're, <laughs> you're, you're toxifying your body through, right. through, through chemical toxicants. If you're, you know, drinking, it's the same, it's same, same reasoning as, um, you know, don't, don't drink polluted water. You right. Know? Don't, don't, don't eat fish contaminated with mercury every mm-hmm. day of your life. Uh, you know, you can't introduce toxins into your body, toxicants, and expect to be healthy. They right. have too big of an impact on your nervous system and different tissues that they accumulate in. Right? So health, yeah, totally. <laughs> health and the, you know, like the, the restoration of health or just maintaining your health um, has everything to do with mastering these five essentials that we in Max Living, um, you know, utilize to to help guide, you know, every single patient that's in front of us. It's it's definitely not about when you come to our clinics. Um, it's definitely not about getting you, you know, get getting your neck or back cracked right. <laughs> to make you feel a little better. I mean, that that works. That's great. But unless you actually apply the five essentials and, and adopt that as your, your daily lifestyle, um, don't expect to feel good for too long, mm-hmm. you know, because we can definitely get somebody out of pain very quickly just through chiropractic adjustments alone. Right. But don't expect it to last. Don't mm-hmm. expect it to solve all your problems. There are many layers of that onion to peel back if you come in with several symptoms um, or with a long health history. Um, so even if you have no symptoms, um, we're still going to teach you about the five essentials because of how important they are to maintaining your good health. Makes sense. Totally makes right? sense. So that, that's how we're different than 95% of all other chiropractors that are solely just pain-based. Nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. I mean, there's some really great practitioners out there and they help people get out of pain. Like it's a very, very important uh, part in healthcare um, that people can seek out because it's drug-free. Yeah. Um, it's natural. It uh, moves them away from dangerous drugs and potential surgeries. Mm-hmm. Um, so pain-based chiropractic um, has a big role to play. Um, I just, you know, what, what I hope people gather from that is that if, it's, if you're just popping in to get your neck cracked, mm-hmm. yeah, your headaches might get better. Your back pain likely will get better. Mm-hmm. but not for very long. Right. Um, if you, you still haven't cleaned up those other parts of your lifestyle, um, you have no idea yet how healthy you could be. So many things are missed, you know, like people go in for their neck pain, they're treated for the neck pain, but they're, they also have a laundry list of drugs that they're taking. They have mm-hmm. a laundry list of health issues that they're dealing with. And they have no idea that a chiropractor trained in the five essentials, for example, um, has, that, that physician level training to help guide them out of that swamp of sickness that they've been living in right. uh, for so many years. Um, so I, I just love what I get to do because it's completely drug-free. It doesn't introduce anything into the body or it doesn't remove anything from the body. And we see absolutely amazing results um, with this approach. 
Totally. Yeah. One of the reasons I love going to the chiropractor is because it's natural and it's a great alternative to, you know, with so many conditions like mine um, where, you know, you go to your specialist and they, you know, are definitely helpful, but they, you know, prescribe a lot of drugs and that's kind of it. And um, I, I had to say my, like my rheumatologist was really good. And she actually suggested to me that I go see a chiropractor and a, a physiotherapist and a yeah, naturopath and stuff, which was, yeah, which was really cool because I, I know a lot of doctors don't do that. Um, so um, yeah, yeah, I definitely think that that chiropractic care is very important. Yeah, there's definitely you don't you don't often see that um, that medical doctor who will one understand what it is that we do, mm-hmm. and two refer their sick patients to us for either a second opinion or just uh, an adjunct uh, you know therapy that to go along with the medical treatment. You just don't see a lot of that, and it's very very unfortunate because it's costing. Um, I, I'm in the U.S. here, so it's costing Americans here in Canada. It's costing Canadians just, just tremendous um, amount uh, of their finances, their time. They, they continue to suffer because both professions really are not on the same page. And there's a big difference in our approach, and it, it all comes down to the basically the the philosophy behind what it is that we do. Mm-hmm. You see, like when I look at a patient in front of me. I, I already see perfection. I already see hope. I already see the potential for them to heal because I start from the premise that your body inherently, its natural state is health. Right. I start from the premise that you were designed to heal. Mm-hmm. Meaning that like the intelligence that created you from two single cells mm-hmm. And they divided, divided, divided. And then nine months later, you have this absolute breathing, living, breathing, you know, crying, pooping miracle (laughs) in front of you. And that happened in nine months and you didn't have to do a single thing to allow that to happen. Right. Like there, clearly there's an intelligence in there that's Mm -hmm. running the whole show. It's allowing you to breathe right now and it's allowing you for your heart to adapt when you run up a flight of stairs. You don't have to press a button. You don't have to take a pill for your heart to adapt to those different conditions or you you come in contact with a different uh, environment. Your immune system kicks in and it's designed to recognize the outside. Like you don't have to think about it. Mm -hmm. So that's the, the, the major difference is that when I look at a patient, I first recognize that there's intelligence in there. They're designed to heal. But if they're sick, that means there's something interfering with that intelligence, that innate intelligence that lives inside of all of us. There's something interfering with it. And um, your body uh, doesn't need any help. It just Mm -hmm. needs to not be interfered with. Because mm-hmm. once you remove interference and you do that, that's why the, where the five essential system came about. Because those are the five big areas that cause interference to normal function. Mm-hmm. Once you remove interference in a person's a body, in their life, in their mindset, like just watch what happens. The person heals, and mm-hmm. it happens every time. You know, like barring uh, physical traumas that have caused like irreparable damage to the tissues. Right. Like if my arm gets cut off, I'm not growing a new arm, right? They're, yeah. they're like within the physical limitations of matter mm-hmm. as we know them, your body has the ability to heal. And it's, 
remark its ability to do so is remarkable mm-hmm. and it it happens from the moment you're bo- you're conceived to the moment you die you never lose that innate intelligence that lives in every single one of your cells that that same force essentially that created you and made you is still inside of you yeah and so that's the difference because when you go to the medical doctor they just were not trained to look at the body the same way they have a very whereas like what what i described is a very vitalistic philosophy okay right they, this concept of universal intelligence that's in all matter and gives to it all of its properties and and within your living body you have this innate intelligence that controls everything and keep, and, and attempts at all times to uh, to to to, to um, maintain a certain balance mm-hmm. like it's always doing the right thing at the right time right uh, whereas what I find with um, with medical training and and don't get me wrong here, like I want I want the audience to like hear my heart here. Like, medical doctors are wonderful people. Yeah, with a, an incredible heart for serving and helping people. Mm-hmm. They're just approaching your body with a very different philosophy, and it's not their fault. It's just part of their training that gets ingrained in them. They quite literally look at the body as a mechanistic. Uh, like set of different parts that essentially, you know, don't amount to a greater whole, which, which where that's where like, that that's where the decision-making comes from. My decision-making as a clinician comes from a different philosophy. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to resort to a, um, a referral for a drug or a surgery as a first resort because, uh, well, the body can heal all on its own. Let's see what happens when you remove all the that's interfering right now. Um, cause if you don't do that, you can take all the drugs and surgery that you want, but you're still at the end of the day, you're still producing disease. You're still breaking down. And, um, yeah, you might be in less pain because of that drug is overriding your, your normal chemistry, but you're still sick on the inside. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas the medical philosophy says that, well, you come in here with a list of symptoms, we will come up with a diagnosis according to that combination of symptoms, that label that gets slapped on you is called the diagnosis. And then at the end of that diagnosis, there is a gold, there is a, sorry, a, a, a standard of care, mm-hmm. which is what drug goes along with this diagnosis Mm -hmm. and you cannot as a medical doctor you you have very little room to think outside of that box or your license um essentially is at stake you can't you know deviate from this from the standard of care it's called right or otherwise that's that's you're liable it's it's called malpractice right? right so you if you go in you can expect to be diagnosed with you know whatever your set of symptoms is Mm. is is labeled as and at the end of that diagnosis there is a standard of care which there's this drug or that drug or this surgery right but that's fine you that's a choice you you can go that route it's just it's just not where i guide people as a first option like you should never you should never try that as a first option because um, there's typically when you get put on a drug, let's say like, let's, you know, like, let's, let's talk about statins or, you know, an antidepressant, Sure. Yeah. for example, as two, like of the most commonly prescribed drugs, they give mm-hmm. those out like candy. Um, at the end of that diagnosis and that prescription, there typically is never, never a plan to get off of that drug. Right. Exactly. Uh, there isn't the advice to look at that person's whole lifestyle to determine what 
are you doing potentially to interfere with your body's natural ability to heal itself? Mm-hmm. It, it's like that's completely ignored that the body can and does heal itself constantly. Yeah. If you have a fever, we're reducing the fever. Mm-hmm. Well, hold on a second. If you believe that the body is intelligent and is always healing, then that fever is an intelligent healing mechanism. Right. Your body, your body is so unbelievable at healing, it can raise its own body temperature. Yeah, that's a good point. Like I studied microbiology, I studied viruses and I studied bacteria and we, you learn pretty quickly, like in, in 101 classes, that every bacteria has a different uh, thermal threshold. It cannot live outside these very thin parameters, these th- very thin thermal thresholds. You go above a certain temperature, the bacteria dies. You go below a certain temperature and it's a very small margin, the bacteria dies. Your body is so stinking intelligent that it raises its own body temperature higher than what that bacteria can live in, and it kills mm. it. And what do we do as a society? We get trained to think that our body, because it, oh, we have a symptom, our body is malfunctioning. We have to chemically override that intelligence. Right. <laughs> let's, let's reduce the fever. Yeah. Well, well, that just prolongs the illness. Right. And then you got to deal from the toxicity issues of the, dr- of the drug you're taking, mm-hmm. right? And so going back to like the antidepressants and, and cholesterol drugs, statin drugs, like the, the assumption is that our bodies are malfunctioning. Our bodies are genetically um, uh, broken. Our bodies do not have the intelligence to self-heal and self-regulate and self-maintain. So if you start from that philosophical, you know, grounding, Mm -hmm. of course, your answer is going to be a drug. That's the only thing that makes sense. If my body does not have the ability to heal and fight on its own and always try, and is not actually always trying to reach a homeostasis. So homeostasis, simply put, is just a a state of balance. Mm -hmm. You you got too much of that hormone being produced, your body is going to downregulate it. You've got too much of this bacteria growing, your body's going to raise a fever to kind of downregulate the growth of that bacteria. It's Mm -hmm. it's always striving for a balance. Um, You run up a flight of stairs, your heart races for that time being to adapt to that excessive amount of oxygen and blood needed for the tissues. Well, once that exercise is done, your body goes back down. It's called Mm -hmm. homeostasis. It's always trying to reach balance. Right. But if you start from the, the, you know, the, the philosophy that your body is malfunctioning in those moments, then the only thing that makes sense is yes, take the drug. Right. Because if my body is not actually doing something intelligent, if it's not actually healing, (laughs) yeah, give me the drug. Otherwise I've got no chance of healing. So you create with that model, with that philosophy, from birth till death, you have created a lifelong customer of the pharmaceutical industry mm-hmm. and the medical profession, which essentially, you know, they, they, they end up working in a very broken system, uh, doing the bidding of the pharmaceutical industry. And it's very unfortunate because... Uh, you know, I, I don't know a doctor that went into it with those intentions, right? But they simply get caught up working in a very broken, very uh, backwards uh, philosophy of health uh, system. You know, if you look at you know how much that's costing us, like like no no 
let, let's just take take Americans here since I'm in the U.S. now. Right. Living like nobody spends more on their health than Americans. Totally. Nobody. We we spend upwards of like over three and a half trillion dollars trying to be healthy every year. That's crazy. It's, it's bankrupting the country. It's the number one cause of bankruptcy. Uh, in Americans right. is, is medical debt, trying to get healthy, doing all of the procedures, taking all the drugs. We're 5% of the world's population here in the US, but we take, we take about 80% of the world's drugs. Wow. It's absolutely insane. If you, if you just isolate that to antidepressants and those types of categories like uh, anti-anxiety, antidepressants, mm-hmm. we actually take over 90% of the world's supply of drugs of those categories. That's unreal. But so let me ask you a question. With all that effort, with all that money spent every year on healthcare, what do you suspect the outcomes should be? Yeah, I mean, like the outcome should be that the US is a very healthy population, but we, we also know that's untrue. <laughs> we, <laughs> correct. <laughs> we, we, we should be the most healthy. Yeah. Because we spend the most amount and the most time and effort, and we have the best trained doctors. Mm-hmm. We, have, we, we use the most and the best technology, the latest technology. Yeah. We, have the, we have the most amount of all of that. And on top of that, we take most of the drugs and we yeah. perform the most surgery. So we should be, in theory, the healthiest country in the world. But where do we rank? The World Health Organization constantly ranks us dead last of all industrialized nations. Wow. We have the worst of any industrialized nations, and even worse than uh, several third world countries, we have the worst infant mortality rate. That's so in the sad. US. Something that we're doing is not working. It's, yeah. And it, it always comes down to, and I can't emphasize this enough, it comes down to what is your personal philosophy about your health? Mm-hmm. Do you believe that your body is inherently intelligent and always trying to do the right thing at the right time? Like that fever example? Mm-hmm. Like, your body's doing the right thing at the right time to try to heal, yeah. right? Uh, or do you believe that you're, you are inherently designed at like a machine to just break down at a certain point or um, genetically defective, you know, which if you dig into to some of the research on genetics, that's fascinating. You know, like we used to think that your genes were your destiny and, you know, oh, I've, this runs in my family and that runs in my family. And so I'm, I'm just, I'm destined to die of this and develop that. Well, if you actually look at the research, you know, you'll quickly find out that, you know, 95 to 98% of all chronic illnesses um, are, are completely environmental and lifestyle related. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, there's only that select few that are true genetic defects that happen. Right. Meaning that that's such a hopeful message to me. Mm-hmm. That, that, totally. that, that screams hope. That means you're in control. You're in control of your destiny and your health in a very, very large part that you can actually control with your decisions using the five essential system as an example uh, right. of an excellent blueprint on where to start looking for what might be interfering with, with your health. Yeah. That, that covers a large uh, amount of uh, possibilities uh, and it's a great place for people to, st- people to start. So like, yeah, if you're going to start with the philosophy that your body's broken, um, then yeah, the drug makes sense. Of yeah. course, the surgery is going to make sense. You're going to have no objection to that doctor's visit who's trying to put you on a cholesterol drug, trying to give you uh, an anti-inflammatory, trying to give you um, 
uh, you know, a lifetime sentence of being on an immune suppressing drug mm -hmm. because of your autoimmune condition, mm -hmm. uh, which you've been told is simply um, uh, bad luck, bad genes, and here's this horrific, horrific uh, life-altering drug that mm -hmm. you're going to be on for the rest of your life. Like, talk about ripping hope from people. Yeah. And then enter, enter uh, the world of uh, chiropractic, and especially those that practice in a very vitalistic way that teach their patients about that intelligence that lives inside of them, that their bodies are always doing the right thing at the right time, that they actually can take control of their own health through these different uh, lifestyle uh, things like mindset and nutrition and exercise and avoiding toxicity to the yeah. best of your ability and learning about those things and getting a spinal adjustment on a regular basis, actually correcting the spine like we do um, in our clinic here. It's beyond just getting an adjustment. It's actually looking at the entire state of the spine um, and actually correcting it. Right. Non-surgically. It, okay. It's remarkable, right? So talk about a hopeful outlook versus, versus a, a dead-end uh, fear-based kind of outlook towards life. Yeah. It's yeah, unbelievable. Totally. Like, we, like we call ourselves like hope dealers yeah. on a regular basis because uh, people come in and see us often as a last resort and they're just, they're hopeless. Right. They're hopeless. And then, you know, after, uh, after going, you know, th through a, a, a few uh, consults with us, uh, they're, they're all of a sudden they light up and they're filled with hope again. And, that, and that's what I wish for everybody listening is that good God, there's so much hope for you. Mm -hmm. you, you like, it is true that certain conditions, you know, have done a certain amount of damage and, and certain people will always have a, a certain level of pain or, or suffering, mm -hmm. depending on what's interfering. Right. If it's permanent tissue damage, then of course, and it's understandable. And then there's a time and a place for things like drugs and surgeries. Yeah. I would never wish to live in a world that did not have access to the best drugs and the best surgery. Right. Those are to be used in emergencies, though. For mm -hmm. the for the majority, as a right. last resort, you've tried literally tried and and literally tried everything else, you know. Yeah. Sometimes for a few years to try to get your body to to detox and to heal and and to have less interference. Um, yeah, then the drug makes sense. The surgery sometimes makes sense. Emergencies, that's the only thing that makes sense. Mm -hmm. If I'm bleeding out, I'm not coming here in my office. I'm, right. I'll, I'll, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, hey, meet, me, meet me at the hospital. And then, boy, <laughs> I'm glad they exist. But uh, we use that model of emergency care, which we do have the best in the world. In Canada and the US, we have the best yeah. in the world, right? We use that, in, that emergency uh, medicine and we use it... Uh, as a one size fits all for every condition, for every, mm -hmm. everybody from the time they're born to the time they're dead. We use that same philosophy of intervening. Yeah. You have a symptom. We are going to intervene. Yeah. And it's just the wrong approach. People yeah. are suffering massively because of that. And um, I, I, we just, we're such an anomaly in chiropractic. We're such our, our results are so unfortunately they're so anomalous compared to what's happening in the rest of healthcare. Mm. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, like, so basically, what I'm hearing is that basically we've, we're doing everything backwards. Uh, we should be seeing the chiropractor first, and then, you know, barring that, you know, nothing gets better, then we go to a, uh, a medical that, doctor, for example. That, well, 
let me talk about that seeing a chiropractor first idea. Uh, uh, not necessarily. Okay. Um, like that's 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 every individual's choice about yeah, who, for sure. who they choose to have as their primary care doctor. Uh, as a doctor with physician level training, and as like like legally recognized as a primary care physician, uh, yes, you and your family can certainly hire a chiropractor as your family doctor. Hmm. What do you think the odds of you being pointed towards drugs and surgery as the first option when you visit that family doctor as opposed to your medically trained counterpart? Right, exactly. You know, like so is it a good idea to have a chiropractor? At le- I would say at least have one on your healthcare team. Yeah. At least have one on your healthcare team that you can go to for a second opinion. Totally. Um, I was raised in chiropractic, so I've only ever known chiropractors to be my doctors, right? right. Like I've never, I'm 41 years old now. I've never, sing- I've never ever been a, a single time to a medical. I've never been to a medical doctor ever. <laughs> That's so uh, wild. I, you know, in 41 years of life, I've never been given a drug. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've, I've never, there was just, there was just never a need. Now, like I've, I've been to the emergency room a couple of times in my life. I've, you know, when I sliced the tip of my finger off, when I was, you know, uh, had just moved to Vancouver and uh, was just bare, like, I was a uh, first time out of the house. I was learning to cook on my own. <laughs> I was not very, not very skilled with a chef's knife. Oh boy. Like, like I sliced the tip of my finger off, you know, like I did not call my cousins who were in town who were chiropractors at the time. Like I did not go see them. I went to the hospital. I got that thing stitched up, you know? Yeah. But yeah, having, so for for anyone listening, who's, you know, may not have known this about a chiropractor's training. If you, if you break down the actual like classroom hours of education in our, you know, uh, postgraduate studies, um, it, it matches up a very, uh, similarly to a medical doctor's classroom hours uh, of education and, and similar topics mm-hmm. um, where they'll have more hours um, after that four-year degree where they get their medical degree and um, where they'll have more hours than us is in things like um, biochemistry and pharmacology and toxicology. Mm-hmm. Like they, they, your life is on the line if they make a mistake with your prescription. Right. Right. And even properly prescribed medications, though, are still one of the top causes of death in the United States. Mm -hmm. Properly prescribed medications given at the right dose at the right time, they still kill hundreds of thousands of people. So it's like the the risk is huge and the liability is huge. So they spend infinitely more time in medical school, (laughs) like dealing with those liability issues, those 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 you know, the, 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 potential outcomes of improperly prescribing a drug. You know, what, so- that's, it, that's really interesting because last year I had strep throat. So naturally I went to, uh, the walk-in and, uh, the doctor there, well, first he's like, mm, I don't really think you have strep throat, but then he did this test anyway. And I did, and then he prescribed something and I went to the, the pharmacist to pick it up and the pharmacist is like, you can't have, she's like, looks at the, all the other medication I'm on. She's like, you can't have this one. I'm going to give you something different because what he prescribed you will come like you will be fucked basically good lord yeah, yeah but that happens that happens right all the time. and they're honest mistakes but they do kill people mm-hmm. right so they have to spend a heck of a lot more time in school than we do as chiropractors learning about pharmacology and toxicology right. because they quite literally um 
and often do kill people mm-hmm. uh, w- without realizing it. And, um, it, you know, so it's very, very unfortunate. If you're going to play around with drugs, um, yeah. <laughs> so I, I wouldn't personally, but yeah. so, but guess what? Because I didn't spend, you know, all those extra hours in pharmacology and toxicology classes, get, guess what I was, get, guess what was part of my curriculum that exceeds like far exceeds any medical curriculum out there even harvard i have way more uh spinal anatomy physiology hours under my belt i have uh far more uh radiology and x-ray hours under my belt uh so it's it's not well known that a chiropractor coming out of school has primary care physician level training and with an emphasis in key areas that are going to be quite beneficial to you getting healthy because of our understanding of human anatomy and physiology and radiology. Um, the competency is quite high, even coming out of school, never mind all the postgraduate stuff that we often do. And we, we our education continues with postgraduate training and uh, maintaining our license every year with continuing education. And so I, I'm not, you know, given that less than 10% of the population even sees a chiropractor, um, it's, it's, quite, it's quite possible that there's still a huge misconception yeah. as to what a chiropractor even is, right? Totally. Most, most people just see us as somebody to go see when there's neck pain. Yeah, totally. And while that is true, we are definitely your best option for getting out of chronic pain or acute pain and getting you back up on your feet again and back to work or back to school or back doing the sports or back doing the activities that you love Mm -hmm. that, you know, um, are being removed from your life because of, of these pain issues. Yes. Like chiropractic is the drug free option. Um, and the fastest road back to recovery. Totally. Uh, because we're working with the musculoskeletal system. We're working with the central nervous system directly you know, um, which affects, uh, how the brain perceives pain. So yeah, it's quite, it's quite remarkable when you look into pain science and how the spine, um, modulates and, and communicates with the brain, um, what's going on, uh, with, with pain signals. And it, it explains very well why we get such amazing results with the reducing physical pain in the body. So, right. you know, um, but, but there's so much more, Boy, I wish people understood that there, there's so much more. You literally could have a chiropractor as a primary care physician. And sure, there might be medical uh, people, doctors and nurses listening right now, that they might take offense to that because this, sure. goes, this goes completely against the grain. This goes completely against the story that they were raised on. Mm-hmm. And um, they might you know, have had bad experiences with chiropractors. They might see yes. patients that have been injured by chiropractors and have nothing good to say about us. Mm-hmm. That's, all of that is true. You know? But if you look at who the safer profession is to visit, I mean, just take your, take your, your personal example of when yeah. you went to get diagnosed and you, you got a prescription for a strep throat. And you know, um, the, the pharmacist, luckily intervened yeah thing right so there's a lot of potential dangers that exist if you're going to go the drug route even over the counter stuff you know like even over the counter drugs kill people Mm -hmm. every year they kill thousands thousands of people so what you're not going to get by visiting a chiropractor and having one on your healthcare team Mm -hmm. as either a second opinion or like 
like I was raised as your primary care doctor, which a lot of the families in our clinic, we are their primary care doctor. You're not going to get that, that um, inherent risk that comes with uh, going to a hospital, um, going to the medical doctor, like iatrogenic disease and nosocomial disease. Those two words mean doctor induced or hospital induced death. Okay. Right. Or disease, nosocomial or iatrogenic disease or death. Those are doctor or hospital induced death. It's a, it's a large part of the death count every year. Um, and it's, it doesn't necessarily have to happen, but it's just that there's this, there's this, this risk when you're playing with drugs and surgeries and cut, cutting body parts out and taking drugs for this symptom, mm-hmm. overriding your body's natural intelligence and chemistry, there's going to be risk. And those risks are never properly communicated. They're mm-hmm. glossed over. I don't feel like there's proper informed consent, uh, whether you have an autoimmune condition or mm-hmm. chronic headaches or or strep throat. I don't believe that there's enough informed consent happening about the potential risks. Right. So as, as a as a doctor of chiropractic, those risks just don't exist. Yeah. When Absolutely. you come to see a chiropractor, and it just I mean, who better to ass- to assess the risk of going to the doctor than the insurance companies who back us, who who provide me with the liability mm. protection uh, under my license, right? Right. So if you look at the different types of doctors around the world, they're all asset, they're, they all have these risk assessment when, when you go to renew your license um, and, and the insurance company knows exactly what the level of risk is by right. going to see you versus another type of doctor or a surgeon versus like this type of surgeon in this specialty versus a family doctor. They all have different liability insurances to pay every year to maintain their license. Some mm-hmm. pay hundreds of thousands per year because of the inherent risk of cutting someone open. Right. So to, to talk to further to the safety of going to a chiropractor for your health issues, um, it, I have the lowest malpractice insurance of any type of doctor in the world. Wow. It's, it's, it's less for my license every year than it is for my car insurance. Wow. Versus some medical specialties, which of course you, you're doing brain surgery. You're going to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for just to maintain your license. That makes sense. Because, because the inherent built-in risk, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, that just goes without saying that's not a, that shouldn't be a surprise, you know? Um, And again, I'm not saying that those uh, professions aren't doing an immense amount of good. I believe they are. Mm -hmm. I just believe the whole system is broken. I believe that people from birth on are trained to only seek medical answers Mm -hmm. only. And, you know, there's interesting studies that have come out that by the time a kid is 18 years old, they've already sat in front of 24,000 hours of pharmaceutical drug ads. Wow. So uh, if if you think that there's a brainwashing going on, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there is. You know, so it's, it's not, it's not anybody's fault. It's certainly not the doctor's fault. They're simply Mm -hmm. working in a broken system. And if I could, you know, enter the conversation and help people, come off of drugs, not because I personally take them off of, but because I restore health to their bodies. If I, mm-hmm. if I can prevent somebody from ever having to go on, on drugs, prevent them from ever developing a devastating condition later in life, like th- those are my interests. I, yeah. I'm all about prevention and, and building health, restoring health, teaching people about how amazing their bodies are. Um, 
it, it's just wonderful what I get to do every day on a daily basis. And we, we, we get to see such amazing transformations. And um, so that, that's how I wish people viewed chiropractors is not just as the, the back and back and, and neck pain crack mm-hmm. cracking doctors. Like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's actually, you can actually utilize a chiropractor as your primary care physician and be better off and healthier and um, live a, you know, a drug-free, pain-free life if you do it properly from early on enough, which is why right. we check. It's, we, we, we check kids for, for um, what we call subluxation, so dysfunction of the spine that might affect the nervous system and affect the way that their bodies and organs develop later on in life. And so, you know, ki- kids that get started early, as I did as a child, uh, mm-hmm. end up becoming such incredibly healthy adults. Like I said, I'm 41. I've never, ever been to a medical doctor. I've never right. been given a drug. I've you know, um, so my, my goal in life is to teach people how easy that is mm-hmm. and how realistic that is. So that was part one with my interview with Dr. Steph. If you enjoyed that, then definitely tune in to next week's episode. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Chronically Living Podcast. If you love this week's podcast, please subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Until next week, stay strong.